Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Mercedes. I am just excited. I just cannot wait. Lisa talks 
so, told me so much about you, so I'm just really excited to, to meet you. So it's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Well, like I said, I'm really happy to be here and looking forward to this. Good, well, you know, good. first of all, we love the name Mercedes. That's a beautiful name. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> love it, love yeah. it, love it. Um, so, Mercedes, um, I must say, when I came across your books and started doing some research on you, I was very, very fascinated. And I knew instantly that I had to reach out to you to learn more about exactly what it is you do and how you do it. Um, I want Mm -hmm. to read part of a quote by you that I thought was profound and is also what Angel and I um, happen to believe. You said, I believe we are living in a unique and powerful time of transformation a time when more and more people are responding to the call of spiritual evolution. In the midst of this awakening process, it is my greatest honor to share my gifts and wisdom and to serve others in whatever way I can. And going back to that line, I believe we are living in a unique and powerful time of transformation, a time when more and more people are responding to the call of spiritual evolution. I mean, that right there, uh, Mercedes, is very, very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even it's interesting. Even as you were reading it, I got chills. And that is one of the signs yeah. I always know when my spirit guides are with me and when they're saying yes to something. And yeah. they were really yeah. affirming that just now as you were reading yeah. it. And I do believe this very much so. And I think Mary Magdalene is a big part of it. And um, that many people are suddenly finding a connection to Mary Magdalene more than I ever realized when I first began. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because she's a big participant, player, leader in this whole spiritual evolution that's underway. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought um, her into the into the equation right now. Let's start talking about Mary Magdalene and how did all of this come about for you? Okay. Well, it's a really big story, and and although I didn't realize it at the time, of course, but in retrospect, I think, you know, in some ways my whole life was leading up to this and preparing me for this. But Mm -hmm. there isn't time to go into that whole thing. I do tell it in the books. Um, But the Uh short version is that um, I was living in Hawaii. This was back in 2009, and I had been getting messages from Spirit for some time occasionally. I never knew when they would come and they were things that gave me guidance about my life. And I got the message that it was time to leave the big island. And this was not a message I was thrilled about. (laughs) I guess not. Who wants to leave Hawaii? Exactly. I love Hawaii. (laughs) I I thought I was going to live there the rest of my life and that was just fine with me. And so what I did, I, I checked out the message three times. And each time I got the exact same response, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I decided to follow it because by then I had received enough messages from Spirit that I had seen that every time I followed them that things always worked out for the best, oftentimes in ways I could not have seen ahead of time or worked out on my own. And... um So I decided, yes, I would do this. So I left the big island, and the message didn't tell me where to go. It just said, leave the big island. And I didn't know where to go. So I ended up going to visit my family um, on the mainland U.S. and spent some time with my parents. And it turned out that my parents were needing some help. They were, you know, dealing with the issues of aging 
and things that I hadn't hadn't been communicated to me and I wasn't aware of. Or, but when I went and visited them and saw in person, I went, oh, they really need some help. So I ended up spending about four months helping my family with various things and was very happy to do that, very happy to, you know, have landed there at that time and been available for that help. And all during this time, periodically, I would say, okay, spirit, where's my new home? Where am I supposed mm-hmm. to be living now? Mm-hmm. And I got mm-hmm. absolutely nothing, no mm. response whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I just hung out in that, and I figured, well, I can see what's you know what's ahead of me right now, what I'm supposed to be doing now, and I just went with that and helped my family. And after about four months, I got to the place where I had done everything that I could see that I, I could do to help them. And as soon mm-hmm. as I got to that place, the messages started up again and started guiding mm-hmm. me. And I got guided to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And as mm-hmm. soon as I arrived, it was crystal clear that this is where I was supposed to be. The light was streaming down from the skies. And, you know, you almost could hear the orchestra swelling in the background <laughs> and the red carpet rolling out. Uh-huh. Love those <laughs> went, moments. Okay, Love okay. those moments. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And um, three days later, I was meditating in my room in the morning, and all of a sudden I felt a very strong presence in the room right Mm -hmm. around me. It felt like a wonderful presence, a very benign presence, and I felt like it was especially um, concentrated around my throat and that I was blocking it. Something was trying to come through, and something in me was keeping it out, and I really wanted it to come through. So I just put all my intention on opening, releasing whatever blocks were in me that were creating this obstacle. And all of a sudden, a voice started speaking through me, literally out loud, using my voice, but sounding different than my usual voice. Mm -hmm. And at the same moment, I had an internal communication that this was the voice of Mary Magdalene. And she proceeded to give an amazing message, which is now the first chapter in Mary Magdalene Beckins, that was just so profound and so perfect. It came out like a perfect discourse. And, you know, I was just observing this whole thing and involved at the same time. It was amazing. And by the end, I was just melted and in a puddle of awe and bliss. Wow. Wow. And... And then I had a thought, and my thought was, I'm not going to remember this. I'm not going to remember what she said. And that was completely unacceptable to me because it was obvious to me from right from the start when she came through at that time that this was profound wisdom she was giving, and it wasn't just for me. I immediately knew I had to get this out to the world and let people know about this. This was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so without hesitating a moment, I said, would you let me go get my computer and repeat that message so that I can type it in my computer? Because I'm a very fast typist, and I was mm-hmm. sure I could do that. And she said yes, and I went and got my my computer, and she proceeded to give the entire message again identical to the first time, word for word, oh. exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And if if what I had received already wasn't enough, this just com- 
totally completed it because um, besides giving me the message so I could record it, which I really wanted, but it did so much more because it confirmed for me that this was Mary Magdalene. I could not have done that. I could not have recreated that entire message identical to the first time, especially in the state I was in by the time she had finished. Right. And I didn't know it then, but that began a 30-day period where she came to me virtually every day and downloaded message by message a book with each message being equally amazing, detailed, brilliant, and fully formed. It just came out in a perfect form, and there was a you know, complete progression from the first message right to the last message, and I was the scribe. I took down this this book and received That's it from awesome. her. So that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, now I have to ask this because um, I know my listeners, you know, um, some people may – who are tuning in may resonate with this, some may not. Um, so I'm going to ask these questions, kind of playing the devil's advocate a little bit, um, because sure. I totally understand and I get it. But I just, you know, want to know for you, and I'm quite sure you had to ask yourself this question, how did you know for sure that this was Mary Magdalene speaking through you? I mean, did she say that this is who she is? And, and then when, when she, you know, when you received that answer, how did you react to that? You know, that's a, that's a very interesting question. I really appreciate that because I've been asked mm-hmm. different variations of the same question but never quite this angle on it. So I mm-hmm. really am enjoying mm-hmm. this. Um, <laughs> she, did, <laughs> she did communicate to me internally, and that's what I call telepathic communication, which back then I had no idea what telepathic meant. But um, it's when you receive a message that's kind of planted in your brain and you just know it. It's just there, crystal clear. And Mm -hmm. I can't really say how, but somehow it's completely obvious to me that it's not my own thinking. It's different. And and it feels like it's, you know, coming from outside. And and that was the message was, this is Mary Magdalene communicating to you. And so there was two kinds of communication going on simultaneously. There was the inner one, which was that message, the telepathic, and there was the outer one where she was literally using my voice and I was speaking out loud into an empty room other than me and and having this message. And then the second time when she repeated it and I typed it into my computer, that was completely telepathic. She gave it to me again silently in that time. Now, why do you think she chose you to deliver these messages? <laughs> that was one of my biggest questions. <laughs> I had so much doubt. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, over time, some things started to become clear to me. First of all, it really did feel like my whole life had prepared me for this, and then I had kind of the perfect preparation. Um, I had been born into a Jewish family and um, that was not particularly interested in religion or religious practice at all. Um, So I grew up without much religious training or background of any sort. I did Mm -hmm. grow up in the United States and you get the usual kind of things that just, you know, culturally you pick up about you know, Jesus and the Bible, just general kind of messages. But I had never read the Bible, and I um, didn't get that kind of teaching. You could call mm-hmm. it indoctrination, depending on your point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, 
think that was really intentional. That first of all, it it kept me open, kind of like the right, the Rasa right. blank slate, so that yeah. I didn't have a you know predisposition towards this idea or that idea. Right. And then when I was pretty young, I started getting very interested in Eastern spirituality and was very drawn to India and traditional Indian mm-hmm. spirituality. Eventually, was with a guru for seventeen years. And had another spiritual teacher and went through an awakening in that. Um, lots of meditation, lots of discipline, traditional practices. So I, mm-hmm. in all of that, I understood what it was to have a very strong, disciplined, very dedicated spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And I was developing my inner life and my inner awareness of spirit and also learning about lots of different traditions. I learned about Buddhism and um Indian spirituality, East Indian and Native American, and many different traditions. So that gave me a really broad base of knowledge that I think was important and that she wanted. I was drawn to teaching from a very young age and have been a teacher most of my life, um, both in terms of children and adults, and um, also have kind of a natural ability for speaking and I'm very comfortable speaking. And I think these were things that she wanted, that, you know, this would be valuable to her. And I also um, had a background in writing and had had been an editor for a while. And so these were all the kind of things that, you know, were she was – she was looking for someone who had the skills for the job, I think. I got you. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you you had the skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was that over time, and as, as I opened up more psychically, because her coming to me opened the doors for me psychically, and suddenly I had the ability to channel most any higher being, you know, that okay. wanted to come through or that somebody asked and I could. I had the ability to go into Akashic Records and do Akashic Record readings, which I started to do and still do. And um, and I learned about myself a great deal more in terms of my uh, past life background. And I, I think that I have been with Mary Magdalene for many lifetimes and that okay. we are actually continuing work where she's been my teacher for many lifetimes and my kind of mentor and guide. And... Um, now, from my point of view, all of those things that I did earlier in my life, it's not just, oh, well, this one will fit. It was more like I was guided to do those things because in this lifetime, the work that I was being called to do, those were the things I would need. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's very interesting. And um, yeah. I heard you say earlier that um, when you first received or were receiving her, your you felt it in your throat, like your I guess it's your throat chakra was being blocked for some reason. Yep. <laughs> uh huh. And totally. so, yeah. And then, what was that like? I mean, what was the defining moment for you in recognizing that? And how did how were you able to just, you know, release it to to open so that you could receive? And and here's and here's the thing: Were you afraid? Was there a fear, you know, behind it all? Well, you know, I've thought about that in hindsight, and there wasn't, which kind of surprises me. And in some ways I've heard it from other people because I'm aware that other people, um, this has been communicated to me, you know, well, when you channel, how do you know that it's good energy coming through? How do you feel Mm -hmm, safe as far mm -hmm. as what you're opening to? I have never had any problems with anything but very pure energy coming through and feeling very... um, 
you know, supported, served, uplifted by right. what I've received. And I know that that's not everyone's experience, and I trust, you know, that people are telling their truth when they say they have other experiences, but that most certainly has been mine. And the only thing I can say about that is that I just felt the energy that was around me, and I trusted it. It just felt so pure and full of love, and I trusted that. And I've had enough spiritual experiences in my life that... I have a sense of what that is, and I've experienced many wonderful spiritual openings, and I know what pure, you know, light, love energy feels like. Right, exactly, exactly, because we, after all, we are spiritual beings, aren't we? Um, That's right, we're we're remembering, (laughs) we're remembering Mm -hmm. who we are. This is not ultimately foreign territory, we've just forgotten and blocked, just like I had this block in my throat. Right, right. And you know, and it's amazing because when I'm listening to you speak and um, sharing your experiences uh, that you do have uh, with Mary Magdalene. And Angel, you can attest to this. It's the same thing when we hear from spirit. We just don't have a name. You know, we may not have a specific name, but we know when spirit is speaking through us. We know when we hear, we know that it's positive light and so on and so forth. And it amazes me when I hear people you know when they when they talk about their own experiences you know we we'll hear them say stuff like well god said to me or i heard god say or god told me to do xyz um mm-hmm. or you know what and it's like okay well if, if that's god speaking god is in everything and everyone correct so mm-hmm. there's so there therefore you know that god is the greatest spirit of them all so to me, it doesn't seem uh, impossible or even like, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Now, I won't I say crazy, but let's just use crazy. Far-fetched. It, do, it doesn't seem far-fetched. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. It doesn't <laughs> seem far-fetched that, you know, um, because we are a spiritual entity living a human experience, that this could happen to any one of us. And yeah. n- more and more so now I'm finding out, um, finding people that are having these types of experiences. Yeah, and I think more and more we're going to be, that this is where we're all headed, is to open up into our higher um, chakras, our higher abilities, and that will include psychic, you know, experiences of other dimensions, higher beings, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, what what are some of the messages? Because um, again, uh, researching you and, and reading up on Mary Magdalene and so on and so forth, what are the most prominent messages that she is uh, giving to us that she would like to share? Well, she just started off with a bang right in that first message, and she kind of said it all right in the very first message. <laughs> and then everything else was like an explanation of what was all power-packed into that one very first communication. And uh-huh. really, she what she said immediately was that this is a very special time that we're living in, that it's a time where we're moving into a new age spiritually, and in order to do that, it's all about coming into the union of the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that her, that who she was, that she was Yeshua's sacred partner, that they were equals, they were teaching partners, they were 
spiritual partners in a sacred relationship with each other, practicing sacred sexuality with each other, and that they are the archetypes of what we're all moving to, first and foremost, within ourselves, with our own Mm. inner feminine, our own inner masculine, in relationship to God, understanding that God has these two faces, the masculine and the feminine face. And then if we are choosing to be in relationship, in relationship with, you know, other humans also, that we have this play of the masculine and feminine. But first and foremost, she's saying that it's about within ourselves and that this has everything to do with what's going to allow us to move into this new age. And that for most of us, we're way overdeveloped in the masculine and way underdeveloped in the feminine. And that has to do with our cultural bias and what we've been trained in and how we've developed for many for a very, very long period of time. Uh-huh. And in order to change that, that there's three primary arenas that we need to look at within ourselves to allow the our inner feminine um, to get strong and the inner divine feminine to take her seat in our heart. And those three arenas are our relationship to our body, to our sexuality, and to our emotions. Mm. And she says of those three, the one that will make the difference for the most people is the emotional arena, and specifically how we relate to pain and painful emotions, that our pain was actually given to us as an avenue of taking us deeper in our connection with God. Um, Not in the, the sense of, you know, oh, we have to be martyrs, we have to go into pain, and that's how we're going to unite with God. Not at all. That, um, But that when we do experience pain, it's a very important thing that's happening, and most of us have not learned the process to allow it to take us to God, to allow it to do its work that it's meant to do. And so in the first book, Mary Magdalene Beckins, that was the biggest thing she was focusing on, is how we can change our relationship to painful emotions and a very simple, ultimately, process, not necessarily easy, especially if we have to undo prior training, but ultimately a very simple process to engage when we are in pain that will allow us to hugely change our whole relationship to painful emotions and to benefit from them and grow from them. So she was really focusing on that. And then she also gave information about sexuality and specifically sacred sexuality and about our relationship to our bodies and more than anything about healing any shame we carry relative to our bodies. Um, and then oh, in the second deep. book, she she really focused on sacred sexuality and that was the focus on the second book. But she wanted to get the emotional work in first because she said she didn't want people to be distracted away from that. She was afraid if she talked right. about sexuality too much up front that people would skip over the emotional stuff and go straight to the... <laughs> they, you know, she knows right. That. <laughs> right, right, right. That makes sense. That does yeah. make sense. But so yeah. when you say sacred sexuality can you um, explain that a little bit more absolutely one of the things she said and I love this part was that there are two um, functions of sexuality from her point of view and both involve birthing a new life one is that it can be to birth the life of another being and we all are familiar with that 
And the second is that it can be about giving birth to our higher spiritual self. And so when we are engaging sacred sexuality, that's what we're doing is we're we're using our sexuality as a means of, of growing and manifesting our higher spiritual being. We're giving birth to a part of ourselves that has everything to do with our energy body and opening up into what I call and she calls the fourth dimension, which is a very mm-hmm. energetically based realm and right. what we're moving towards in this spiritual evolution. Now, how does now how does now this is interesting. I mean, I'm I'm loving this, but um, so the birth birthing of new life and then the birthing of our higher selves. Only the the feminine, the women, can take part in both. Um, oh no, because, men who are okay. engaging sacred sexuality definitely are giving birth to their higher spiritual self too. Absolutely. But, Okay, so birthing of new life doesn't necessarily mean life coming through us, like giving birth, physically giving birth. No, but when a man and a woman engage sexuality, that is one of the outcomes, is that there can be new okay. life created. So it, a okay. man is involved in that process as well, although the woman invo- is you know, engaging the whole um, pregnancy and actual birth, okay. but the conception process they're both involved in. So the relationship to sex is that they're both involved in that and both involved in the creation process. Oh, okay, okay, I got you, girl. You just went real deep (laughs) on me right there. That was (laughs) that's very interesting. Um, So the the I guess the message again it all revolves around love um, and learning how to love ourselves. Mary Magdalene is the consummate lover of God. She is so in love with God. And one of the things that I joke about, but it's actually so true, that in her communications to me, no matter what she starts out talking about, no matter what topic we begin with, it always comes around to love of God and how to create that in your life. And it reminds me of the expression, all roads lead to Rome. For Mary Magdalene, it's all conversations lead to love of God. (laughs) Yeah, and that makes sense to me because, you know, that God is the the ultimate love. I mean, he's, you know, agape love, unconditional love. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And in conditional form, it was her love of Yeshua, that she is completely in love with him. And this is part of what she's such a strong figure for, because she's an incredibly strong feminine being. She's intelligent. She's powerful. She's so clear. And yet she's so open in her heart and completely surrendered to this huge, immense love, not only for God, but also God in human form, which for her was Yeshua, which is the same as Jesus. That's the Aramaic name for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a beautiful teaching that she's giving, which is uh, so much true to what she says about the feminine, where it's not just verbal, it's not just words. She is living it in life, demonstrating it through her profound... You know, being and all of her actions in this love relationship with Yeshua in life. Wow. Now, how has this, 
I mean, I can I can only imagine, but I, I want to hear you hear it coming from you, and I'm quite sure our listening audience does too. How has this in turn changed your life um, in regards to to uh, I guess sacred sexuality, to just the message of love for uh, uh, Mary Magdalene's love of Yeshua? I mean, the whole the whole nine yards. How has it changed you? Well, I wish I could say I had a profound change, and I'm an absolutely exalted being now. <laughs> I was on crutches. I threw them away. I don't need them. <laughs> but in fact, <laughs> that human side of us is still there, huh? That human side, and boy, we are tenacious, you know? Woo! So yes. I, and so I see, you know, I see these gradual changes and that it's okay. changed me. Um, and I feel so blessed to have this incredibly intimate, close relationship with Mary Magdalene and with, with Yeshua, too, because I also channel him oftentimes and oftentimes mm-hmm. they come through together. Um and that is absolutely exquisite. And be, I mean, beyond description, beyond words, it's so wonderful. And mm-hmm. what I believe and what people tell me is that they also experience that through reading the books and their messages, or if they do sessions with me, they experience that. And that's part of the gift, is for them to give us this glimpse, this taste of what it's like mm. for them, and you know, in these higher yeah. realms. And I am who I am, <laughs> and right, I think right. my spiritual path and my spiritual work is more and more to bring that into life, that I have mm-hmm. this incredible excommunion through my contact with them and more and more finding how do I live this in life. One of the things Mary Magdalene was unrelenting with me about when she was giving the messages for the Sacred Sexuality book was that I needed to meditate more because... Oh. It, that's one of the ways that stabilizes me and bringing this yes. disposition in more um, continuously throughout my life. At one point, yes. she told me, your room's a mess. You need to clean your room. <laughs> she said, Get rid of the clutter, huh? Yeah, she said, you know how to live in a temple. You've done that. She's telling me this oh, because wow. we've been in temples together. And she said, this is your temple. You need to keep it you know, so that it, it can bring in the highest vibrations of love and light. If it's messy, yeah. if it's dirty, it's not. It's going to hold lower energy. And so That's some right. of it is so practical and so grounded. Yes. He's such a practical <laughs> being. <laughs> Aww. That's awesome. So, um, Mercedes, uh, getting back to the to love, to the feminine, um, why do you think, well, why do you think or has Mary Magdalene, I'm quite sure, um, expressed this to you. Why do we seem to have such a problem with this? What seems to block us from the freedom of being the divine light and love that we are? Well, she has explained this in very simple terms because she doesn't want people to get stuck on this. I'm very clear about this. So she always handles it with a very light touch and with tremendous love and balance, which is her hallmark, um, but she says that there, this was a calculated program, actually, of control, was oh. to cut out the feminine and 
uh, have it become very one-sided of the masculine in religion, in politics, in culture, in so many arenas, virtually all our arenas of, you know, group life. And then it's it's become within each of us that we've individually taken that on as well. Yeah. And um, it's because we become easy to control when our feminine is cut out. She says that the mind is a magnificent tool. It's amazing what it allows us to do. But it is not a tool of judgment. The mind is like a computer. It can come up with endless possibilities, endless ways to do things, but it's not going to tell you what way is the best. That what gives us that power of discernment is our feminine qualities. It's our bodies, how we feel about things, our emotions, Mm. our Mm. energy, you know, our intuition, all of that. And that's Mm. what empowers us with this inner knowing of what's Mm. right for us, what's right on our life path, our divinely given and divinely guided life path. And by suppressing all of that, it made us very easy to control. Mm. And that in calling that back, we are calling back our full power. But it is not the power like... Yes, but she's so clear. It's not the power like the masculine form of power of powering over. It's not that we're coming back to take over the masculine. It's the power of love calling us into the union, and it's going to be the empowerment of the masculine and the feminine of our wholeness. Oh, I just got goosebumps with that. You know, Angel, don't you just love being a woman? Don't you just love yes. being a woman? <laughs> yes. Especially now. Boy, yes. we came yeah. at the right time. <laughs> we came at the right time. Oh, my God. And, you know, we always, um, Angel and I, we're, you know, we are, uh, we have a healing ministry together. And um, we are also Reiki masters, um, but we, we're, we're always talking about uh, this spiritual time of awakening, which they've called the age of Aquarius. And mm-hmm. I've been feeling this, you know, my whole life, actually. Um, Angel and I happen to both be Aquarians, but it's something about this time, and even as a child, I could never put my hand, my finger on it. I could never really explain it. I just knew that something was special about this time. And you, you, again, you also said in hindsight, looking back, you can see your steps that you've taken to bring you to this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the point on your spiritual path and your spiritual journey, um, which actually has led me to you. So that we can have this conversation and engage in this conversation, which I think is a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, and it's just beautiful that you are. Okay, here's one. Here's something. Here's something I have to must ask you. Well, first, before you go there, I go just ahead. want to say one go thing ahead. about that is that Mary, in again, in the first, well, I'm not sure if it was the first message or one of the early ones, she said that she and Yeshua both knew that it would be 2,000 years before the world was ready to receive her in her role as equal, wow. as teacher, as spiritual guide and leader. And so oh, wow. they were aware back then of this time and how special this time would be. So I completely resonate with what you're saying about this yeah. time being special, and she de- definitely validates it. Now, wasn't there a missing book? Like, you know, there's missing books of the Bible. Wasn't she like um, a disciple? Um, and did they have a whole book on her or... 
am I not? The go- um, the, the, I'm trying to. Right now, it is totally escaping me. It's one of the. Um, oh, I want to say the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, but I'm not sure that's the right name. But there are there were so many books <laughs> that they're yeah, finding that they left out that we yeah. never knew about, and so about there's right. more and more that are emerging. And there's the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of mm-hmm. Philip, I think it is, mm-hmm. and I think it's the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. I think Some it is say, too. Yeah. and there was a question that I received to Mary about this, that there was a book that was a very important book called The Book of Love that um, Mary Magdalene wrote and, um, you know, had very important information in that. And so I, quite a few books and that little yeah. by little we're going to, it, we're going to receive it. I think it's coming, but um, it may not be immediate. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. How were you able to come out of your quote-unquote spiritual closet with all of this? I mean, how were you able to tell your friends and your family that, hey, you know, Mary Magdalene is channeling through me, guys, and, you know, were you afraid to do that? And, and so share with us that experience. Yeah, I was totally afraid. My great fear was that if I told people, the first thing they would say was like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> or worse. Right. And then, and then if they didn't say that, you know, well, why would Mary Magdalene ever pick you? <laughs> right, right, right. So I, I was keeping it very secret at first, but I was so mm-hmm. excited about what ha- was happening because to me, this felt like the um, the miracle at Lourdes. You know, it, it seemed like equal proportion that this was Mm -hmm. a total miracle that was happening and I just was um, you know so excited about it and it didn't feel right to try to hide it or keep it you know just to myself or whatever so I started very you know timidly testing the waters telling people and what I would find was as soon as I would say the words Mary Magdalene it was like I would watch the doors of people's hearts fly open Wow! and that was when I started to learn how empowered even her name is and how strong people's relationships with her are all over the place. And then the next wow. thing that would happen is people would start telling me their stories about their relationship with Mary Magdalene. And not once did I ever get anyone tell me, telling me I was crazy. And in fact, as soon as I said her name, no one even cared about me. They were just right. so happy to have someone tell him to talk to about their right, experiences right, right, and right. their love of Mary Magdalene. And I just had no idea that she is reaching so many people and so many mm. people have a relationship with her. So that was a huge thing. And then I had a beautiful, beautiful thing happen with my family. Um, I was very open with my family, and, you know, they've all – had their own response to this, I'm sure, some of which they share with me and some of which I thought um, during the time that that initial 30-day period where I was getting the daily downloads of the first book, Mary Magdalene Beckins, Mm -hmm. I was staying, part of the time I was staying with my father and stepmother in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And my father is Jewish, although... Uh, not real involved, like I said, in his religion, but definitely identifies himself as Jewish. And my stepmother is Catholic. And I would get these messages early in the morning, and then I would run out to the, you know, dining area where they were eating breakfast and want to share it right away. And they were equally excited. And they wanted to hear, you know, what came through. Uh 
And so I would share it with them, and it was so interesting to me how the messages were very much speaking to them, but oftentimes in quite different ways than they were speaking to me. And what they got out of the message was not necessarily the same thing as what I was getting out of it. So that was fascinating to me to see how this could speak, you know, to so many different people in different ways depending on what they were open to and what they needed. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, but my father in particular was having a really hard time. He had never heard of channeling. He didn't understand the process. I kept trying to explain it to him, and nothing I said really worked or satisfied him. Mm-hmm. And finally, he came up with his own idea. He said, I think we should go see a family friend who's a priest who I happen to like very much. He said, I mm-hmm. think we should ask him what's going on and see what he has to say. And I said, oh, I think that's a great idea. Let's do that. So we made an appointment, went in to see him. I brought in three of the recent messages I had received that I could share with him so he'd get a feeling. And I read these messages to him, and he was so respectful after each one, talking about what she had said, starting to incorporate her language into his conversation with us. And at a certain point, my father interrupted him, and he just was losing his patience, (laughs) and he looked at the priest and said, but father, who is this who's talking to my daughter? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, my. Yes. And the priest looked him in the eye very calmly and said, Hugh, God has always chosen to speak through certain individuals. Why shouldn't he speak through your daughter? Oh, wow. Good answer. (laughs) <laughs> what an answer! Mm-hmm. And that good answer did it for my dad. He was oh, totally wow. relieved and satisfied, and from that point had no problems and was a hundred percent supportive. But to me, yeah. it was so beautiful that here's this Catholic priest telling my Jewish father why his daughter <laughs> is receiving messages from Mary Magdalene. <laughs> wow! Now you can't get any better than that. That's interesting. <laughs> But it's interesting that he just he wanted to go to a Catholic priest in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he had a relationship with this priest because it was um, a priest who had been at my stepmother's church, and he had gone okay. to that church with my stepmother and had had a long, developed a friendship and had a long-time friendship with this man and really trusted him. And it is interesting. He didn't want to go see his rabbi. He wanted to go see this priest. <laughs> oh, Wow. Well, that was a good answer. I love that. Say that answer again one more time. Repeat that. He said, God has always chosen to speak through certain individuals. Mm. Why shouldn't he choose your daughter? Exactly. And isn't that what um, pastors and rabbis and anyone who professes to, you know, be a preacher um, that stands in in the churches and, and give these messages, isn't it? that we, we go there because we believe that God is speaking through them to us, not that, that we we're need going to help, that they're going to go help ahead. us to hear God in some form or other, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. so it's the same thing, right? And and ultimately, my struggle was with myself. You know, mm-hmm. it was wonderful. He helped me. He affirmed to me what I wanted to believe, but what I was having a hard time believing about myself, which is that, mm-hmm. I could be that close to God and ultimately that I I always am that close to God and that I am, you know, that there's God is everything. God is me, yeah. God is everything. Yeah, God and it is, was uh, my 
my challenge to open up to that part of myself and take it in. Yes, yes. Well, Angel, did you, before we, you know, um, close this out, um, time is going by so fast, did you have something that you wanted to ask um, Mercedes? Yes, um, I did. Um, Mercedes, you had mentioned earlier on when you were discussing um, the early chapters of the, the first book and when you were mentioning um, when Mary Magdalene had spoken to you about how pain um, is mm-hmm. used to get us um, have, have a deeper connection with God mm-hmm. and that, you know, we need to kind of like, I guess, it's a simple process that we need to learn and to do to, I guess, kind of like embrace that, so to speak. I'm thinking that's what you were saying in so many words. So my question to you is, and I'm talking on behalf, one of myself, (laughs) but other people that I know who are healers, um, who have um, spiritual gifts, um, you know, intuitiveness, um, abilities, just things that heal people. But at the same time, it just seems like in their personal lives, it's so many struggles. And there's so many challenges, and it seems like, okay, wow, we got over this hurdle, and by the time you're ready to jump up and give a high five, here's something else, you know. And so it's it's this constant struggle where on the spiritual side of things, you're like, wow, I'm just so blessed and I'm fortunate, and I, I feel like I'm on this level, but in the physical realm of life, it's so hard that sometimes we get so challenged and distracted distracted that we're not really focusing on the spiritual journey or the gifts to, to help or and, and to heal. And so, you know, you said something so key where, you know, we have to change that, the the uh, how we, I guess, perceive that, how we can embrace that to, I guess, make it all make sense to get over, to get through that challenge. I hope I'm articulating it. Articulating it. Um, <laughs> the way that you were saying, but I was just really curious if you could just expound a little bit more on that because, um, like I said, so many people in, in this in this healing field just have so many struggles and challenges, and we know it's for us to get closer to God, but at the same time, like, wow, can we get a break? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a few things to that. One is... Um, Ultimately recognizing, and I hear you articulating this also, that everything that happens to us is part of our spiritual path and our spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And the hardships, the challenges, and all of it. And to um, you, you have a choice. You can embrace it or you can try to jump out of it, get out of it as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of what we've been trained to do is when we feel anything uncomfortable, painful, whatever, is that jump out of it or try uh-huh. never to jump in it <laughs> try to uh-huh. avoid it in uh-huh. the first place. <laughs> and there's actually a lot of spiritual teachings that promote this too, in, sometimes in subtle ways where there's a certain, you know, well, you create your reality. If you want to create a reality, just do something different. Or why did you create this horrible reality for yourself? And why aren't you doing something different? That kind of imply that we're bad because we're having these difficult experiences. We're spiritually inferior, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, or that, you know, we we, should, we shouldn't be involved in it to, in the first place. You know, just stop stop putting your 
focus on those emotions or that, you know, and just focus on God as though God is something else other than the emotion you're having and the life experience you're having. And that's part of the the masculine point of view towards um, all of creation, all of life and spirituality is that it's elsewhere. It's not about this world and this mucky realm that we all are involved in and Mm -hmm. all of that. And that the spiritual path is to get out of that. And so we, a lot of us have that background, that basis that we're coming from. And again, it's not that Mary Magdalene is saying, oh, you should get into it. And, you know, the, the more you can get into the yuck, the better. She's not saying that. What mm-hmm. she's saying is that whatever is manifesting for us has a purpose. It has a spiritual purpose. And that if we open to it, and especially if we open to it with skill, if we understand how to find that kernel of gold that's in there, that not only will the situation unwind and resolve itself and you'll replace it with something else because you don't need that situation anymore to get that gift and to get that lesson, but you will get the growth that is the real reason why you're having that. Mm. And, And for a lot of us on the spiritual forefront, I believe we volunteered for this. We said, mm-hmm. I believe yes, too. I will be yeah. part of this. I will be on the front lines. And mm-hmm. I think maybe not even knowing what that really meant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Doing that. Yeah. Yeah. One day I'm going to have to share with you, Mercedes, my experience with all of that. But you are absolutely right. We did yeah. volunteer. Yeah. Um, now, look, my, the human part of me is like. It shows up in these very ordinary, you know, seemingly non-spiritual ways. Is mm-hmm. that it's like we're being grown and stretched and transformed yeah. and changed. Yeah. And anything in us that is a block to that is just being worked on and worked on and worked on until yeah. it opens up. Yeah, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I think, too, that it all, again, there's always one message, and it always comes back to this one thing, and that is love. Because even though we suffer, even though we go through, it always comes back to love. And I think that God wants us to remember that, no matter how painful an experience may be, if you stop and you think about it, if you really stop and you think about it, and you start to think about love, think about the love that you have in your life, think about the love that God has for you, just think about love and focus on that, your problems just seem to melt away. They just well, there was this away. one. There was this one message that Mary gave where she, I felt like she really got to the very heart of the issue for so many mm-hmm. of us, where she was talking about abundance and how we live in an abundant oh. universe. And mm-hmm. she said, well, what is it that really stops you from believing that this really is an abundant universe? When you, what's the bottom line? Why don't you really accept that? And she got down to how we feel about dying. And that oh. if it's so abundant, why do we die? Mm-hmm. Because that's the ultimate fear. It's like I'm not going to have enough, and if I don't have enough, I'm going to die. Or oh. I'm going to have too much, like too much pain, too much suffering, and I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. It's going to kill me one way or another. And the ultimate proof is it seems like we do die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and she got into that, you know, that if we had it if we didn't think we were going to die, if we looked at our death differently, if it was just like changing our clothes, we take off this body and we go into another body. We take off this realm and we go into another realm. How would that change our whole point of view about how we're relating to life? 
And to me, she was getting at the very crux of what third dimension is all about. That it's about survival. It's about struggle. It's about power, me versus you. And um, I'm feeling like you have to struggle and use power to survive. And that's what we're growing beyond. And it's huge. What what we're moving beyond, you know, I feel like I can just barely get the tip of it, envision what it would be like to never live with this consciousness and to have a totally different consciousness. And in my mind, I can say, yes, I believe that. But there's a difference between belief and it being your realization and that you know in the core of your being that that is so and that's what you're creating your moment-to-moment existence upon. Awesome. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank and you. I, you know, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, the time is running out, and we didn't even get a chance, but I, I'm going to ask you this, and, of course, you know, it's totally, you know, up to you. <laughs> but is there uh, a possibility that um, we could um, have uh, – I don't know, do you just do you channel her just easily or does she come in at any given time? Do you have to ask her to come in? And if you if, if she could come in at this moment and give us a message just to close us out, would that be a possibility? Um, I actually do channel by will and I wasn't quite prepared to do that in this interview. That's okay. That's and okay. My preference would be to do it another time. To come back okay. and actually have that, you know, intention Wonderful. and focus and create that um, environment. But I would love to do that. Yeah. But, yeah, that's I do that, you know, I do group channeling occasions. Um, I do individual sessions. And so I would be very happy to do that. Awesome, awesome. So that's, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. She will come back on the show. <laughs> and the second show will focus completely on Mary Magdalene. And please um, visit her website. Oh, go to Mercedes' website, which is uh, com. And if you're uh, uh, downloading this podcast or if you go online and you're pulling up the show, the website is, um, is on there as well. And it's it's full of a wealth of information about everything that she does from coaching. Um, her books are on there, and you can learn so much about uh, Mercedes and Mary Magdalene and the whole nine yards. Now, is there anything else you want to say to us before we end this, Miss Kirkle? <laughs> um, let's see. I'd just love to give a little quote from Mary if we have time. Okay. Do we have time for that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'll try to make this quick here. Mm -hmm. She said, I and so many others are calling to you to join us in the river of love that flows from your heart. It is a place of great joy and love and peace. It is a place of connection with God, of growing in God, of being guided by God, of living in God, of living as God of knowing all as God. I call to you and invite you to join us in this great and wondrous process of living in and as God. I do this because I love you, because I know you as God, and I am not different from you. This is your destiny too. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. I got Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our show for this evening. Uh, uh, Mercedes, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing with us. That was so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we do look forward to having you back very soon. Wonderful. Well, thank you, and I have really enjoyed this. All right. You take care, and we'll be in touch. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. How powerful was that? Oh, that was powerful. Yes, yes. Um, yes, it was. Woo, I have to, like, now just take a deep breath and gather <laughs> myself. <laughs> that was really, really awesome. Um, Angel, thank you, you know, for coming on once again and, and sharing, and did you have something that you wanted to say before we, uh, you know, just take this to the very end? No, I just wanted to thank, um, again, Mercedes. Um, it was just um, a pleasure just listening to her experience and also just, you know, shedding some enlightenment. Um, and she, you know, pretty much kind of gave me some, something to think about as far as, um you know, regarding the question that I asked, and I hope that I had questions similar to what, you know, some of your listeners may be wondering or maybe going through themselves. So that was such a blessing. So thank you again, Mercedes. Yes, yes. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us this evening, and I want to shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me, and also to my friends and colleagues and all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Mercedes Kirkle for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. And also a big thank you again to my co-host for this evening, Angel Kangalee. We are eternally grateful for knowledge is power, and when we know better, we do better. So also... Don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. And follow us on Twitter at lyse101. We will be back on Monday, November the 17th at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation Seek God and learn how to love yourself first because, after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. <laughs>